Hi there, I'm Jason. And I'm Joseph. And this is the Infinity Cast, where we spill the tea on Marvel and pop culture. This week we're discussing Book of Boba Fett, Chapter 3, The Streets of Mos Espa. So let's get into it with the recap. In the present, Fett is asked by watermonger Lortha Peel to punish a gang of cyborgs who are stealing his water. Peel claims that the citizens of Tatooine do not respect Fett yet. Upon seeing that the gang has no work, Fett employs the cyborgs as enforcers and demands that Peel reduce his prices. In his back to tank, Fett recalls seeking the toll from the pikes on behalf of the Tusken tribe, only to find the tribe destroyed by Nikto Biker Gang. His memories are interrupted when Fett is attacked by Black Kersantan. Fett, Shand, the guards, and the cyborgs fight off and capture the Wookiee. The twins soon apologize for sending the assassin, claiming that the mayor has promised Jabba's territory to another syndicate. The twins vow to leave Tatooine and gift a rancor to Boba Fett. After releasing Kersantan and resolving to train the Rancor, Fett goes to Mos Espa with Shand and the cyborgs to question Mok Shaiz. They find the mayor absent, but chase down his major domo, who reveals that the mayor is working with the Pikes. The cyberpunk gang took my stapler. Java gave it to me, and I couldn't keep my territory in the stapler, and I just got I got it back from the cantina. But I did, it's the the moisture farmers that said that I I did, I did too much water for my stapler, and I, I just couldn't. I don't want to go back to Mos Eisley. That was my favorite part of the entire fucking episode. I've never seen Office Space. Jimmy fucking James from News Radio, and yes, the stapler guy from Office Space, and you should go away now and walk away from this podcast because you haven't seen Office Space. I think every single person listening to this. <clears throat> we'll agree you deserve to walk away you just need to sit in the corner for a while go i'll take care of it from here are you insulted on my behalf i am insulted on everybody's behalf <laughs> it was good seeing steven root though and i did i did like that character i love i love i love jimmy i love steven root in general and whatever everything he fucking does so he's 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 brilliant i'm glad that he's in i'm hope he's hope we see him again um there was that moment during the the chase where the where the where they the guy ran through the water drums and all the water goes everywhere and i really just wanted to see him like sitting there mumbling to himself in that same case so i'm like come on that's his water and just keep him suffering keep him suffering i was really hoping it was his it was his water right yeah <laughs> but all right okay it's boba time it's not just about jimmy james here it's boba time sponsored by it's boba time so i my thoughts on this was like Boba doesn't have a clue how to run his territory, so we're starting it with a with a with a kind of a lesson, because I feel like the one thing that the show keeps showing us is that Boba, while he's smart and he's respectable and he's a working man's guy, he has no clue about the territory that he's trying to run, and he's desperately trying to play catch up. You know, that was my first like observation in this episode. That's like, and, and it continues to be a theme. It continues to be a thing with this show. They're going out of their way to show he's slightly ineffective and going up against a lot of obstacles like right it's not just me that is an ongoing theme so far yeah and it's weird because i feel like you know when we flash back to the to the to the tuscans it's like he's got his shit together i feel like he's he kind of it vibes that he knows what he's doing and then when we flash forward he's he doesn't so i don't know what there's something i'm waiting for and they keep putting up these little hints about what the show is still about and i kind of feel like i did back during the first episode again where i'm like there's something missing and i don't know what and the introduction of the neutrinos didn't really help at all. So now I'm, I'm confused again. Like, what is this cyberpunk 50s-style American graffiti gang doing here? Can I just say, though, that I love those street youths and their Power Ranger motorpeds? I do. I love them. I, they remind me of the Ninja Turtles group, the neutrinos. Like they, it, or they're, they're corpos from cyberpunk. And, like, I love cyberpunk, and I love that world. I, I, I actually love it even more than Star Wars. 
It's just weird to see it in Star Wars. Those bold colors, those corporate lines don't belong in Tatooine. They belong in Coruscant, if anything. Yeah, I was going to say, it, they don't, it doesn't really make sense that they're on Tatooine because, like, their moped speeders are, like, way too clean. When have you ever seen those colors in Star Wars? Outside of an environment. You've never. Definitely not in Tatooine. No, I mean, anywhere else. Forget Tatooine. Like, even on Coruscant, th- those bold colors barely exist. Those are, like, 1950s hot rods kind of colors. You know, it's it, and it kind of threw, throws me off for a moment. I'm not saying it's bad. You know, reminding me of, like, Cyberpunk Corpos is like, okay. But they don't even look like Riff Raff Cyberpunk. They're, they don't look like street gangs. They look like they have a a corner office in like a, an investment bank you know like the, that kind of uh, cyberpunk so i that was like okay interesting choice but the leader she's definitely got the most gruff with the 80s hair and everything like that like i, I dig that i dig her design i dig that too um I, I just i hope that they become characters and not just like side minions yeah i wish we could have gotten like we didn't even get names for them none none at all and it kind of that, that bothered me that bothered me also i'd like names for the gamorian guards god damn it yeah please like not just pig face and pig face too like please pig face and side of bacon <laughs> when they got a chomp out of them oh <laughs> delicious though tastes like green eggs and ham right green green ham and eggs <laughs> Um, you know what I really appreciate though? I really like the janky sort of animation that they do for 8D8 and also for like the 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 weird spider droid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was it was it was very like old style animation. Like they're they're making it to look like and they from the beginning of the series the thing looked like Return of the Jedi and they still make it even the animation sometimes look like it. It's kind of cool. Like for a second I thought I found myself like Whoa, is that supposed? No, it actually just feels right. It it just took my brain a moment because we're all used to these Marvel movies where everything's so clean. But uh, that little bit of jankiness returns it to the Star Wars franchise the way it originally appeared. Do you know what the expanded universe thing is with those weird spider droids, though? Mm-mm, no. Oh my god! So it's super weird, and I doubt they're gonna like canonize it or anything. But essentially, like the jar has like a brain in it, and that they were monks that wanted to ascend to like a higher state of being so they put their brains in jars with spider robots wow and Jabba's palace before it was Jabba's palace was like their temple and they just kind of jitter around it the EU's fucking wild man that is fucking crazy yeah I don't I mean they're bringing up weird shit about tattooing all the time and that's the thing like this this episode continues the conversation about like oh long ago tattooing had water long ago like they keep bringing it up I was kind of mad that Boba Fett like interrupted him about that. Yeah, I want to know the whole history, like because we, I know what it is in the EU, but like I want to know what they're going for here, and like what is going to be canonized here. Like finally, what is the fucking story? And they keep bringing it up, and there's these water themes constantly, not just with with that, but with um his back the tank, um his memories on on Camino. There is the fish, the pikes look like fucking fish. There is a water theme throughout this entire show. Like there's there's something with that, and I don't entirely know what. So um, maybe that's what's missing. Maybe that's what's scratching my brain. That is definitely something that I've noticed too. Like for some reason, they keep showing that flashback of like young Boba watching his dad fly off. Mm-hmm. Why is that the traumatic memory and not the memory of his dad getting beheaded in front of him? I don't know because like like you just said, like we know he's there at the end when his father died. So it's not like his father went out for like 
pizza and never came back. Okay, I'm going to go get some scratchers and left the kid there forever. They got to be building up to something. And like, okay, I'll be patient and see what's up. Like, the show is still a little weird to me. And maybe it's just Robert Rodriguez and his directing. Because I found that equal weirdness here that as I did the first episode. And I don't think he directed the second episode, did he? So he did not direct the second episode, but he did direct the first and third. So that's what I thought. He, um, I like the second episode so far the best of the of the three. Robert Rodriguez is, I think, a little weird for me in this format. I'm not saying bad, just a little weird. That's making me go, hmm, something's missing. So far, the second episode is still my favorite, and it's the one that he didn't direct. Yeah, exactly. And like, okay, so let's go into a little bit more of like the actual episode. Like, I get that he's running around. He's trying to get like the in the flashbacks. He's trying to get money for the Tuscans, and he's all confident about that. And he leaves them, and then he comes back to an, uh, Owen and Aunt Peru. They're all melted. I'm so I'm so glad that you made that lars homestead reference though because that was my thought too it was very much like luke coming back to see his uh aunt and uncle and they're just being, they're just being toast it was it was it was just that energy like just the the way they they filmed the smoke everything it just kind of felt that way but i hate that they were just killed off screen i hope that the kids survived i, I want to know if there are any survivors at all if it's complete a complete loss i didn't see the body of that warrior one either no like they they were they focused on one warrior that looked familiar to me and i know that there are more so I'm hoping he didn't have to bury like all of the people that he gained, started to look at his family. That and I, I just want vengeance on this on this fucking group on this gang. So maybe that's what this whole thing is. It's just one big vengeance thing. He's he's only taking the territories who can eventually kill these people for the Tuscans. You know, the Pikes totally had that biker gang kill the Tuscans, didn't they? Yeah, I'm, that's I'm pretty sure this everything's going to be because of the Pikes. The mayor is an asshole because of the pikes. Um, the mayor's assistant's an asshole just because he was born that way. Fucking tool. Cowardice craven tool. I really want him to suffer every episode if we can. It'd be funny. Um, but yeah, I think the pikes are behind everything, essentially. And I think eventually that is going to tie both the past and present storylines together. Yeah, and I think that and going I think that it's gonna be a complete vengeance story that he's going to want to go after and take care of the pikes because of what happened to the tuscan so I, I that's my theory anyway which makes it funny because didn't you work for darth vader boba ask him what he did to the tuscans mm. jackass well it's not like he would know no i know i know but still. and also he didn't even like the tuscans back then no nobody liked the tuscans back then now all of a sudden we're being respectful i get it <laughs> all of a sudden tuscans have feelings like rancors rancors have feelings now which i have no problem with i think that's it's cute as fuck but did you think for a moment that it was going to be like a Trojan Rancor? Yeah, I was waiting for like something to go wrong or something for the Rancor to wake up and eat him. You know, like as soon as he took the blindfolds off, but instead we got How to Train Your Rancor. So I'll watch that movie. I'll watch How to Train Your Rancor. I mean, especially if fucking Danny Trejo's in it. Mm -hmm. Which, by the way, they didn't name that, that character either, but I love... He's the trainer. He's the Rancor trainer. <laughs> made me so happy to see that i was like oh damn machetes here machetes are fucking rancor trainer i am so blissful like all right the show keeps keeps doing cool shit and i i just loved how he was explaining how like they're really emotionally intelligent creatures they're just kind of misunderstood are rancors like the pit bulls of the star wars universe i'm pretty sure that's what they're setting up for they're like rideable pit bulls they're, they get depressed they get sad they bond with their owners they're very lovable apparently 
Are we going to get fucking Boba Fett riding a Rancor, though? We are definitely going to get Boba Fett riding a Rancor. If we don't, we could all sue. The fans will sue at this point. Oh my god, though. that's Isn't that like the I'm going to take all of my toys and like do something crazy with them sort of dream where like the kids who watch Return of the Jedi, like, oh, what if Boba Fett rode the Rancor? Yeah, that's exactly what this is. This is people playing with their toys in their backyard and saying, what's cool? What could we do here with this? This is John Favreau being like, yeah, with his toys. Yeah, that's exactly what this is. It's them in their backyard playing with toys and coming up with ideas based on that. I imagine that that's how the story development went. Amazing. I'm fine with that. <laughs> I will say something something positive about this episode, though, because it's been my complaint that we haven't been spending any time in the present storyline. Well, we finally got most of an episode in the present storyline. Yeah, most of this episode was present storyline. Um we got a good chase scene. We got the cyberpunk gang. We got him. By the way, that chase scene, did it not have Back to the Future 2 chase scene vibes? Yeah, it was all. It was a total Back to the Future chase scene. All three movies like had that same kind of chase scene energy. Especially the second one, though, because of like the hoverboard. Yeah, the and, hoverboard like, the hover and everything. Yeah, exactly. Did you notice that the painting that they smashed through was like some Ralph McQuarrie art? That was that was original Ralph McQuarrie art. They're doing what the, doing what happens in chase scenes all the time. There's always two guys walking around with a big plane of glass or a painting or something, just walking back and forth. That's all they do. Just walk back and forth, back and forth until someone crashes into them. Like that's it. That's their job in life. And so this time, it was a Ralph McQuarrie painting that was the sacrifice for the gods of comedy. So what do you think the twins are playing at though? Why? Why did they give him that Rancor? I don't know why they gave him the Rancor. Uh, that confuses me. I'm not entirely sure. I, I know that they're trying to get the Pikes and Boba to kind of cancel each other out. They want Boba to go to war with the Pikes and the Pikes to go to war on Boba. So when they come back, they could just take over the, the ashes. Those lazy slugs. They are lazy slugs. That's probably a racial slur against Huts, but you know, whatever. Oh yeah, we, we're being respectful to the, to the Tuscans, not the Huts. When Boba asked them to renounce their claim, they very pointedly like changed the subject. So yeah, I agree with you. I'm I'm pretty sure they want their enemies to fight so they can come back in and just be like, we rule this shitty little rock now. Yeah, I think so. And I think we have room for like some some solo uh, guest appearances as well because of the criminal underworld that we're dealing with here. I'm still hoping for some 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 Kira action or some like Lando action coming in. Well, did you hear the rumor that we might be getting an aged down Harrison Ford cameo? Oh, yes, I did hear that. I did hear that. Which, like, don't. If you're going to do Han Solo, bring back Alden Eichenreich. You fucking cast him. Bring him in. Yeah, I feel like he was such a good Han Solo. I, I feel like that movie was just fucked up in the marketing. I think it was a great movie. And it, it just now it's just some it's it's in a weird limbo with the fans. And I don't know. I liked Solo a lot. I would I would love him to continue doing it. So no, I agree. I Actually, here, I want your opinion for the record on this. Okay. Um, we're flashing back to Mandalorian Season 2, the ending. It was amazing that it was Luke Skywalker, because really it kind of had to be for the time period, right? Would you have preferred if they had just cast a young Luke Skywalker so that he could do more? For that particular moment, no. I think that was beautiful to do the way they did it. I think if they have a bigger arc for Season 3 or for another show like in Ahsoka, where Luke is training grogu and like we see a little bit of the early part of the school then get some sebastian stan in on the act yes sebastian stan 100 percent. he is the one who can do this right and disney already he already works for disney so come on he's right there he's in the next office 
yeah, we just need to get like a young Leia cast and like let's do some fucking post Return of the Jedi shit. Oh, I know exactly who you get for young Leia. Who's young Leia for you? Get Ramona Flowers. Uh, I would be down for Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Yeah, I think Mary Elizabeth Winstead could do it. She's a great actress in general, and I have a forever crush on her. Yeah, she's amazing. There's this movie that she did on Netflix called Kate, and holy fucking shit. One, like, she could also be an amazing Ellen Ripley if you want to recast Ellen Ripley for any new Alien movies. Like, she can rock Ellen Ripley uh, completely. She could also do, I think, do a really good Princess Leia. But if you watch Kate, get a chance, watch Kate. Everybody, go. Stop listening to us. I mean, I guess, I mean, in a little bit. We're almost done. Um, but go and watch Kate. It's a fucking brilliant Japanese revenge assassin movie. I will watch it. Uh, and also watch 10 Cloverfield Lane if you haven't, because it is real good. How'd you like that Wookiee jump scare, though? I liked the jump scare. I didn't like the fight. I also did not like the fight. I thought it was like, I expect, I mean, I'm a fan of BK from the comics. So like, I wanted him to just rip somebody's arms out of their socket. And I'm like, all right, we have a whole bunch of gang members that have no names. Let's murder one of them. Or just rip an arm off and then they'll replace it. Yeah, regrow it. You, you're cybernetic. Like, get a new arm. It's fine. But they didn't do that at all. He just kept like picking up Boba and throwing him away. Picking him up and throwing him away. Picking him up and throwing him away. Like, dude, if you want to hurt, kill somebody, you don't toss him 20 feet away. How he didn't die when Chris Anton gave him that, like, Wookiee bear hug is beyond me. I have no idea. I have no Should have been dead. Should have been crushed. And he actually kind of went limp for a second. So I was like, oh, God. Yeah. But, like, it still shows, like, the way that they're... Because this isn't the first fight that they've done this. Like, they keep showing that Boba is not in a position to really handle everything. He's uh, he's he's over his head. It, he's, like, this is, like, way beyond his ability to handle. He's a great fighter, Boba Fett, but there's a lot of things that he's only surviving because he has other good people around him kicking ass, you know, like Enik or the Gamorrean guards and now the neutrinos. Now, though, I will say I'm really glad that he's building up his team a little bit because it, it can't just be him and Shan. No, it can't. It can't. And I'm glad, too. We're seeing the beginning of a, of a, crim, of a crime family, of his family. So also, I just really liked how they were like, oh, we don't have jobs. And he's like, no, oh, you work for me now. Yeah, he's 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 a great leader. Like, he's the man of the people. And uh, Fennec is just so over this shit, though. She just wants to chill and have a good time. <laughs> but she's just so over it. She wanted to slap the shit out of Stephen Root's character. Oh, completely. She's she's just she wants like him to be like a little bit more gird than he's willing to be right now. He's trying to just do it all straight. He's, he's going for the full honor code. I mean, I wonder what fans are thinking right now as far as their badass bounty hunter basically being a Ronin samurai with complete ar- with complete honor. I mean, I personally dig it. I I love it. I'm 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 here for it. But I do have a feeling that Boba Fett fanboy type people from the expanded universe maybe aren't digging it as much because it's not what they thought a Boba Fett show would be. No, they wanted a Boba Fett to be like more um, Sin City and less like honor for all you know also calling it now black chrysanthemum's coming back and he's going to be on team boba fett oh totally totally i mean like that one i still think that they have a history together like he called him a gladiator um in the comics they have a history so like there's there's stuff there and i just if it's canonized and they they make it official in the show great well all those comics are said to be canon they've taken liberties at times 
when it comes to live action stuff so it's funny because like disney got rid of the eu they wanted to do this whole like you know completely integrated universe everything that they do from now on is canon but when it is inconvenient they do kind of like paint over it a little bit like they did with uh the last season of the clone wars yeah we're just they let some of the things that are inconvenient for them to go which like i'll forgive it because the last season of the clone wars was fucking great even though they re- had to retcon a bunch of stuff from like the novels yeah they, they they came up with better ideas for ahsoka so they do what they do what they can and obviously live action trumps anything so i get it and most of the time i approve it but like when it comes to someone like bk i feel like there's some really cool history there. You don't have to go crazy. You, you can j- just make that history be real. Like, please. There's such good shit there. Of course, that's what probably a lot of people say about all EU stuff. I think I think they're going the route of, like, let's flirt with the stuff in the comics, but let's not rely on it too much because not everyone read the comics, which I respect, but also fuck those people. Yeah, all right. I get that. I, I did read the comics. I really love it. I have to keep up. I have to catch up with a lot of the... Uh, a lot of the the empire strikes back era stuff like i was keeping up with the star wars comics for a while but it just got so overwhelming yeah, yeah now, and that's where actually where i'm at now i took a picture i was at a comic book store and i took a picture of a title that i didn't even know existed like crimson something i think it has to do with the criminal syndicate crimson dawn i think no but i don't think it was crimson dawn it was something else it was like crimson legacy um and i'm like okay uh didn't know that existed fuck <laughs> and then something else i need to read that's probably going to be like $300 like when I finally do update and catch up with everything. Yeah, it's it's a lot to keep up with. It is. And I better be canon. Like Disney, I will I will do it. I will do the investment and read all this shit. But it better fucking be canon cuz I don't want to be reading something that's just fan fiction. Officially licensed fan fiction. Yeah, even if it's officially licensed fan fiction, I'm not about it. Like give me something that's canon. Um uh one other thing I have is uh did you get this the vibe like when she said Starliner that you're just we're being we're being sold the idea of a Starliner existing in Star Wars because they want us to all go on the Starliner? Oh, we absolutely were being sold that. I had the exact same thought. Yeah, I was like, oh, okay. I just now I'm flashing on that really bad video that we all saw that like made me for the first time not want to go. Like I've been waiting to go to this thing, and then I saw that video and I'm like, oh, okay, maybe I'll wait. <laughs> Never mind. Disney is very upset that that video got out or that they released it at all. The only question that I think I'm left with with this episode is, is 1,300 credits too much for water on a desert planet? Because it might not be. I think it is. I mean, I still think 13. I mean, so let's just apply it to dollars. Like, for you to drink water, $1,300 a lot, even, even if you don't have water nearby... And I do live in a desert. You do, yeah, but there's moisture farmers. Like that's the point. It's, you have a crop. Like it's not like there's no water. Like there's that. I still think that's a lot of money. Yeah, it probably is. But I like the fact that Boba was like, "No, we're changing the economy. We're changing it. Like, no, you're lowering your prices. You guys are working for me." Like, he is a good leader. He just doesn't know the, the territory. He's going in unprepared. And I was like, okay, if that's the point of the show, then my one note. My one note is that I think Boba has, I wish Boba was a little bit more Tony Soprano and not so super serious all the time. You know, like let him be a little bit more A instead of A. You know what I mean? No, I agree. And I think he kind of is 
because like like i said in a previous episode fennec shand is definitely like the more stoic one so i think he's a little more loosey-goosey compared to that but he's still he can still stand to loosen up a little bit yeah he needs to loosen up a lot like i i get it like compared with the two of them he's the the funny one but it's still weird i still feel like he needs to loosen up a little bit just a little bit just be a little more fonzie a little more soprano hey boba says hey it's boba time if you live near a chinatown it's always boba time i live in k-town i have one right across the street fuck yeah all right so make sure to like subscribe and please tell your friends you can follow us on instagram and twitter at InfinityCast, spelled infinite a cast And you can email us at infinitycast at gmail.com. Until next time, I'm Jason. And I'm Joseph. And we'll see you guys next week.